When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. These tapes can't hold me back. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers. I mean, we've been all over the place today. Which ESPN two-on-two teams win, wins the tournament? Barton Hahn, noon Eastern here on ESPN Radio. Challenge, Key and J. Man, I got a buck on my guys at least. At least. Man. So we got to get into, look, you heard about Kyrie just went, you know, fasting for Ramadan, by the way. Hits his first 12 shots. The dude is operating on another level. With KD, they pose a challenge for anyone. We're going to get into all that. We got Mel Kuyper coming up. Nick Friedel's going to be here at 930 to talk about KD and Kyrie. But, guys, I want you to listen to what Brian Windhorst said about ESPN Inside, NBA Insider, of course, on Greeny, said about Westbrook and the Lakers. Key J, listen to this. Frankly, I thought Frank Vogel was more supportive of Westbrook than he should have been. He stuck with him longer. He stuck, he kept him in the starting lineup longer. If you want to criticize Frank Vogel for stuff that he did this year, he was too supportive of Westbrook. And here we have Westbrook talking about how he wasn't. I mean, it's borderline delusional. And I can't come into a situation when I've got a really good job right now or other options and try to deal with a player who is delusional like this. So I would say yesterday was not a step forward in the attractiveness of the Los Angeles job. Key, I I always appreciate how hard Westbrook goes at it all the time, like always gives you your money's worth. But I understand what Wendy is saying here. I agree with it. Like, you know me, I, I... Thought the, that Westbrook was going to turn it on in the second half. Last four consecutive seasons, new team, new teammates. He's awful in the first half. He's great in the second half. It never happened for the Lakers, though. He started playing better. And I understand what Westbrook is saying. Like, look, LeBron and AD were hurt all year, so we never really got going. That's true. But key, Wendy is right to me because of this. If Westbrook is basically saying, look, I need these kind of ideal circumstances to get the best out of myself – even the best of him has never won a championship, and he's been on a lot of great teams. With everything else going on with the Lakers, it doesn't look like it's making it more attractive right now. Yeah, but but look, his delusion may be true, though. Who's to say that the way he feels isn't correct? I need certain circumstances to be successful to ultimately win that championship. That's why I joined the Lakers, because I know I can't do it by myself, even though I need to be the same player that I've always been wasn't good enough. And if I can be the same player that I've always been and I got AD and LeBron James, then ultimately I can go ahead and win my championship. What's wrong with that? He might be right. Frank, he might what's be what's right. wrong with that? And then, and then again, he is in the room. He understands the dialogue and the communication, Jay, that he had with Frank Vogel. We don't understand that, okay? LeBron James, a couple days ago, in the exit uh, interviews that he had, he spoke about 
having Westbrook do the things that he's capable of doing, having him play the wing on the outside, having AD be the lob guy, that never came to fruition because they was never together. Why is that an issue? I don't understand why Westbrook is getting all this blowback from people. I just don't get it. So let me try to break this down because I – I think Russell Westbrook is a symptom, but I I see the reasoning why people are going at him the way they are. It it, it reminds me a little bit of Dak Prescott. Hear me out. Dak Prescott got the bag. So when you get a bag that big, people expect for you to be that player all the time. Russell Westbrook will be making $47 million next year, will be the highest paid player in the NBA, key. every time I hear that number, I'm like, damn, that's a lot of money. So if I'm thinking about a guy who's making $47 million, you should be able to get your team right there on the verge, even with injuries of AD. or LeBron was injured not to the same degree that AD was. LeBron was out there giving you 30 and 9 for a lot of games this season until towards the end they started to shut him down because he was always injured or hurt. But what I'm saying for Russell Westbrook, like, that's something that you just need to own. So I, I get the nuances of it, but people don't want to hear the details when they see you getting paid as a max, max no, superstar I, I, player. People don't I care about that. It don't matter. I understand. I understand the money part of it, though, Jay. And I'm not a, a Westbrook apologist. He didn't pay me to I'm come on you. our show and defend him or none of that. I just know that sometimes in professional sports, when a star player doesn't see eye to eye, in a situation, sometimes it affects them on the field, on the court, on the diamond, when they don't see eye to eye with the coaches. And when you hear Westbrook say that he couldn't do the things that he wanted to do, could that be because Frank Vogel said, no, we don't want you doing that when AD and LeBron were not in the lineup and didn't allow him to be the Westbrook that we have seen over the last 16 years of his career? Know, Could it be that? Know what? Maybe, Key. But you know what? Westbrook this year to me has kind of turned into a, a sympathetic figure because I just feel bad for him. Like, ooh, like, ooh, I don't want to see him in that position. And and I think he – I understand what you're Jay, saying, Jay. Like, like he can bring it on himself. Million. But I, I get it. He's getting paid and all that. But I'm just talking about on a human level. There's always been crazy love for Westbrook in L.A. from the area, UCLA, the whole thing, right? What I think now the real problem is – Lakers fans want the Lakers to win, and he's sucking up forty-seven million of the cap, and they finished out of the play-in. The whole point in having Westbrook is even if you don't have LeBron or AD, you can at least get to the playoffs. So, so if it sounds like he's making excuses mm-hmm. in LA, then he's going to start to lose support where he no, really I get has it. his main support. No, that I get kills it. me. And key, yeah, I get because he's low-hanging fruit. It's low-hanging fruit, and also key. You know, because it, it, I get the nuances of it. I mean, the guys out there playing with Taylor Horton Tucker, Wingyan Gabriel, DJ, they got DJ Augustine. Like Stanley he was going to be the difference maker. I mean, Stanley like, Johnson. At least those teams when he played in Houston, he had Clint Capella. He had guys that can space the floor, knock it down with James. He had no options. But all I'm trying to say is people don't care about that. People care about the headline, $47 million. You need to be the guy. And I, and I understand. And, and he said things like, he, you know, championships doesn't mean anything. He said some stuff that make people feel a certain way in L.A. in particular because all we as Laker fans know is championships. Look, transition periods in sports 
or anything, jobs for that matter. When you go from one place to the next, it takes some time. We all assume, based on Max Kellerman, you know, a handsome guy, two to three, you see him every day. This on, just in. This just in. Would tell us that it's going to change. He went from, oh, just wait till the second half of the All-Star. It's going to change. Just wait. And it never changed. Well, it changed and a little that, toward the end, I thought. Keith. Yeah, but it was too. It was a little too, too late too at little, that point. Too little, too late. But yeah, and, a dollar and, short. So I think people started feeling like, okay, hope, hope. Even myself, I'm like, I got the life jacket on. <laughs> I'm hit. I'm I'm right by the rail, but I haven't dove into the the boat yet. The the tender. I'm still holding on for dear life and hoping that the Lakers do something. And it never came to fruition. I'm willing to. Run it back with the three ice creams and find some toppings and some bananas to go around them. I'm willing to do that. Westbrook because I think you can be good with those three players. At a certain point in his career, guys, he was so effective as a team carrier that even without KD, it was like, yo, who's better, Westbrook or KD? I know, like, oh, you'd always take it, but Westbrook was that good at a certain point where it was like he's an MVP caliber player. Let me just say something. That level player cannot miss a play-in tournament if he plays the whole season. You know, and the Lakers have LeBron for 50-plus games and Westbrook. And AD only got into 40 games. But And you missed the play-in. They got two extra slots. You could the Lakers. Basically, it's a Lakers tournament. It's to make sure the Lakers don't miss the playoffs more than anything. And they missed the play-in. Oh, it's so bad. And when Westbrook t- says some, makes some of the comments, Key, that you referred to just then, it's just a bad look. It's, he's looking bad right now. The flip side of that is this. Guys, if the Lakers can't move the contract, they're going to have to run it back. And it can't get worse, can it? Like, Key, if they just get a couple guys who can shoot and these guys play, you know, two-thirds of the game next year, they should be pretty good, I think. I, I, what has to happen is LeBron has to buy into the young players and not get so bogged in that he's got to have veteran guys. Find some young, scrappy players that can shoot, that can play defense, and build around LeBron with that, and I think they have a fighting chance. If if they go out there and try to pick up a whole bunch of old, raggedy dogs again, then they're going to be in the same position they was in before. If they could pull it off with Indiana – if this team found a way to get Malcolm Brogdon mm. and Buddy Hield, uh, I don't know how they would pull that off cap-wise, but if they found a way to pull that off with some other tradable assets, I now think Instead you're talking of about Westbrook? championship teams. Instead of Westbrook? Potentially, yes. I think the best thing they could do is wait till the trade deadline if they want to move Westbrook and pick up some nice functional pieces that another team's looking to clear cap space from that would fit with LeBron and AD if they're going to move on. But I don't see them getting no healed or, and, and Brogdon for Westbrook. I wish. Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance. Mel Kuyper Jr. with us. Mel, what's going on, brother? Great to be with you guys. Finally put to bed the Mach, 2 point, Mach 4.0, but the second round, the first time I did that this year, going – deep into the second round a lot of fun to do and uh, a lot of good players left off the boards in the first two rounds which means uh, this is going to be a pretty deep draft overall guys isn't it amazing how every year this is going to be the year no quarterbacks in the top 10 
Mel, can you tell us what just happened in this latest mock in 4.0? What just well, happened? Again, again, you talk to the people in the league. That's where you get your intel from. It's not about what I think is going to happen or what I would do. It's about what the league's going to do come April 28th. And I, I talked to some guys I really respect, and they said that the Malik Willis is going to be the guy. It goes back to the, do you learn from your mistakes? Does the NFL learn from their mistakes? You know, Justin Herbert wasn't the first or second quarterback taken. Josh Allen wasn't the first or second quarterback. Lamar Jackson was what the end of the first round, and he are the most talented guys in those drafts, Allen, Jackson, and, and Herbert. Yet other guys were taken ahead of them. And again, Malik Willis, most talented quarterback in this draft. Why wouldn't Carolina? You're worried about winning now with a rookie quarterback, really? With Kenny Pickett, the uh, 24 years old. Yes, he will be 24 when he he's a rookie. He's actually five years older than Jordan Love, who's with the Packers going into year three, if you can believe that. But I just think Pickett at 20 of the Steelers, if he's there, made sense. And, and Willis is the guy that people say if there's going to be a guy going to top ten. It's going to be Malik Willis. And, in fact, I had one team say if there's a quarterback deserving of being in the first round, it would only be Malik Willis. And that was one team, not everybody. And I had another team say there's only two, Willis and Pickett. So, you know, and you're stretching to get a third quarterback in the first round. That's why I only put the two in round one. Mel, when you, when you look at now, you got two rounds of your mock draft out, and, and Desmond Ritter is at 40. Uh, is his stock kind of rising since we got to the offseason and they got a chance to sit, to put the eyeballs on him, he's a little slight for me, but yet and still, they've evaluated him not only on the field, but now off the field? Yeah, the character key is, is a big thing with him. Uh, it's off the charts. I think he uh, wows people over in these months leading up to the draft in the interview process. Uh, yeah, I think you look at what he did for, for Luke Fickle at Cincinnati uh, outside of the Alabama game when the team was out, man. He was outstanding dual-threat quarterback. Is he perfect? No. He needs to tweak some things in terms of accuracy and precise passing. But uh, I think in the second round, uh, if you look at Seattle, Detroit, maybe early in round two, maybe somebody trades into the back end of round one to take either he or Matt Corral, but if you don't project that type of trade, guys, then you've got a quarterback dropping because there's very few teams in round two are going to prioritize a Desmond Ritter or a Matt Corral. That's why Corral dropped a little bit. He could still be a late one early, too. It's just, you know, is the trade going to happen? I didn't want to project that because that would be a little crazy at that point. But, you know, either one of those two, Ritter or Corral, could still end up in the late first round. Well, Mel, coming off that, you got Matt Corral dropping – to 49 to the Saints. That's 29 spots from where you had him in 1.0 draft, uh, where you have him going 20 to the Steelers. Like, why such a huge drop off? Well, I think the RPO, uh, HA, with the RPO system, the fact that he plays bigger than he is, which means he takes hits where he's going to have to learn to get down, and, and, and he puts that body in a lot of harm's way. Uh, he's got to learn the trajectory of throws in the NFL, different than what he was used to, deep ball accuracy. There's a lot of different things he needs to work on where Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin's offense allowed him to have a ton of success. He is a super tough, gritty competitor. He does have a strong arm. He can spin it, but there's some things that, from transitioning from Ole Miss's offense to the NFL that I think yeah, it was a little I would say a red flag, but pushes him down just a bit from where he was once considered maybe a lock first rounder. That's no longer the case. Okay. The Jets take Thibodeau at four, and the Giants take Johnson at seven, right? Mm-hmm. How close are these two players? Well, you know, if you go back to the beginning of the year, you would say they weren't close at all because Johnson hadn't done anything really spectacular at Georgia. He had some sacks. He had what, six and a half and seven and a half tackles for loss in two years. Not real impressive. So he was kind of the guy that you thought could be really good, but you hadn't seen it yet. Where Thibodeau, we had seen, heard the hype. We watched him in high school, college, and what he had done. So you look at the numbers. After all is said and done, Thibodeau had 19 career sacks. Johnson had 18. 
Now, Thibodeau had, you know, more, had 11 more tackles for loss, but sack numbers the same. And the thing that impressed me with Johnson, second in total tackles on that team. Now, you say, who bends the edge better? Johnson does. Johnson has better bend. Uh, who's the Borg overall player that wows you at times? It's Thibodeau because he's got power. He's got that great first step quickness. I mean, his get off is better than anybody. So you, they're a little different. But I think if you look at, at Thibodeau, the body of work, really good. Johnson is considered a one-year wonder. I'm not buying that because he did some things at Georgia. He flashed. But this year, he was off the charts at Florida State from his sacks, getting into the backfield, and also that tackle number, which is really impressive for a player that, that like I say, plays hard, uh, plays physical, and has that quickness and bend that you want. So I think Johnson's deserving of being a top-ten pick. You know, uh, man, when I, look at, when I look at Thibodeau, I don't like his point of attack. Yes, he is a – he is a left to right side type guy, which means that he's going to go and chase down the backside, no question about it. But at the point of attack, he shared, he doesn't necessarily shed the blocks the way that I would like to. When I look at Johnson, he gives me more of a safe bet opposed to a high ceiling with Thibodeau, which scares me a little bit on the Thibodeau side. Yeah, I like all the talent. We, we said the same things about Jadavion Clowney coming out. He's been on his, what, fourth, fifth team now, and he's in free agent looking again when he was a can't miss prospect that's number one overall so I wonder am I off on that or am I hitting it right I think Thibodeau he's a tough evaluation key I'm with you I did the pass rush moves we talked about that all year he needs to develop a wide array of of pass rush moves which aren't there right now but that get off that initial quickness is off the charts and then you think about what what he's done inside he's been disruptive there he's got that power and I really said this I believe this and I've said it over the last month the fact that he's getting criticized the fact that he may not be the first second until the third defensive lineman drafted behind Trayvon Walker and behind Aiden Hutchinson may in fact say make a wake-up call. I mean, he was number one coming out of high school. He was number one in August. Everybody talked about it. He didn't shut it down after the Fresno State injury, first game of the year. I think some players, again, you've been around these guys. Sometimes you need some motive, extra motivation. I like guys that say, boy, oh, really? Okay, I'm not being praised anymore. I'm being criticized. What's, what's the deal with this? And he finally got it. And now he's going to see the draft unfold. Maybe he's the third defensive lineman drafted. If that's not a wake-up call, I don't know what is. Mel, I hear when I hear a key, just look at a guy and be like, I'm not sure about this guy. And when you're talking about a top five pick or top ten pick in the draft, right? Like I, at a certain point, you want to know, does he love football, right? I mean, like this, you just want to know, is he going to be – if you're losing a top ten pick, he should be special. What are you hearing about that aspect of Thibodeau? Well, I heard about Miles Garrett. Did he love football? He was in the dinosaurs and different things like that. And had a life beyond football. And, uh, you know, he was doing all these different things. So he had a lot of interest. And he was a smart kid. Who had, he wasn't just about football. Sometimes, and Miles Garrett, you know, was a phenomenal player in college. 31 sacks, 47 tackles for loss, okay? And you think about where Thibodeau had 19 sacks, not 31. 35 and a half tackles for us, not 47, but Miles was special. And, but people were still, I mean, I'm battling guys when, when he was, before he was picked number one. I'm, I'm battling everybody on a set that didn't like Miles Garrett. They questioned whether he was dedicated enough to football, whether football was important enough. So you can have other interests and still be a great football player in the NFL. Uh, you, know, you know, I mean, for Thibodeau, to me, I understand the interviews. You know, did he say the right thing? What did he mean by that? I get all that stuff when you overanalyze all this, these, these guys. That's what we do. Uh, 
wish the draft was in February because you may not have some of that like it used to be back in the day. But uh, yeah, I wish I'm with you on kind of the boomer bust aspect of this. If you had a, a list ten guys that would be considered that, you might put Thibodeau in that group. Uh, we've done it with a lot of defensive linemen over the last forty years that I've been doing this. But to me, uh, yeah, he's worthy of being a top seven pick. I have him going four. I don't think he gets lower than seven. Mm, Mel, let's get the keys favorite position to wide receivers. You have Garrett Wilson now as a top wide receiver on the board ahead of USC's Drake London. Why the change there? Clean this through the process. Mm-hmm. It's about you know, who checks every box. Now, his route running, even though Brian Hartline's a great coach, we know that, the route running is an area he needs to work on. He just goes out. He's a baller. He's going to say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get open. I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to beat this corner. You're going to run around. And remember, he had Justin Fields and he had C.J. Stroud. These guys had some great quarterbacks throwing the ball to him. I'm talking about Olave and certainly uh, a guy like uh, Garrett Wilson. Remember, Jamison was there, and then he goes to Alabama. And Jamison would have been the top guy had he not gotten hurt. But for Garrett, the run the way he did uh, to have the versatility he does to go get the football I mean he's just a natural athlete spectacular athlete and Drake London hasn't been talking about clean through the process coming off the fractured ankle not running for the clock you know he's a contested catch guy he's the power forward the, the guy who has the wow factor in terms of speed and separation and all that is Garrett Wilson yeah, you know, and, and that's what scared me all along when it, when we came out with Drake London going as high as the top. What did you have him? It, it was in six, I think, yeah, initially. Four and six. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four and six initially. That was one of the, the problems that I had. I said once the process comes down to it and they start really evaluating him versus the other receivers in this year's draft, like a Garrett, like a Wilson, that people are going to start to pick it apart because he won't have the clock speed. They will start to say he's only a basketball player. He doesn't have the sudden quickness in and out of the breaks. That's why I felt like if the Jets dropped down and picked him up somewhere in the middle of the first round, it would be a great pickup for him because they need a big target in the red zone. I know they got Corey Davis, obviously, and they got more, Elijah Moore, which is more of a Swiss Army knife for them, but getting a big, tall, long tall drink of water stud like that, it will certainly help them let, out. Let me say this, Key, real quick. I, I've talked to some teams that love Drake London. I know they, there's a couple guys. Now, they're not necessarily going to take a receiver, but they love Drake London. They think he's the best receiver in this draft. So Drake London has some love. It's just trying to figure out, okay, the teams that are picking there, what are you hearing? And Wilson just is red hot. And like I say, checks all the boxes where Drake is coming off the fractured ankle and he hasn't had the process really work in his favor like some of the other guys. Doesn't mean he won't come into the NFL and be DeAndre Hopkins who they had the same questions about coming out of Clemson. He goes in the late first round. Why contested catch guy? Doesn't get separate. Who's who? DeAndre Hopkins is a great player. So you look at, at, at Drake. I think Drake, the product. Like I said, I had, I had a guy formerly in the league has a Super Bowl ring, former GM that loves Drake London. So Drake's getting some love. It's just like the process has been more favorable for Garrett Wilson. What what happens with Jamison uh, Williams? Is uh, does he? Because of the ACL, does does Kansas City do anything with that? I keep hearing a lot about Kansas City replacing Tyreek Hill with him. I thought about a key making a trade for uh, uh, Jamison. Jamison would have been the first receiver taken had he been healthy. Um, he, to me, is a guy that won't be probably ready until, what, October, November. He can help you on your stretch run. They're going to trade up for a guy coming off an ACL. 
I couldn't really wrap my arms around that, so I gave him to New Orleans, uh, who could maybe wait. Anybody can wait a little bit, patient enough. You're getting best receiver in the draft when he's back healthy. Uh, Jamison, when I asked everybody once he had the injury, is he a first, second rounder, everybody came back first. So the intel said first round for a reason. He would have been a top ten guy. Uh, and he's dynamic, and he's a warrior. I mean, he loves this game. He's humble. He's not He's not the, the me and I guy. He's a we and us guy. He showed that every time the guy, another guy had a, a touchdown catch, not him. He was right over there. He went, oh, not me. I'm going to let somebody. Oh, but he was happy that the team, the Alabama, was winning and what he did on special teams. I think somebody like New Orleans, Kansas City wants him. They're going to have to move up. New England, the belichick Saban connection. Will New England try to move up a little bit ahead of, of say, uh, New Orleans to get him? Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see where and how high Jamison Williams comes off the board. Mel Kuyper Jr., ESPN senior NFL draft analyst with his latest mock. Thanks for jumping on with us this morning, Mel. The oldest one. (laughs) There you go. Take care, guys. (laughs) That's how we heard senior. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. I watched Kyrie since St. Patrick's High School in New Jersey. The game hasn't seen what his package is. Part-time, a quarter of the time, it's the time when he's on the court that is special to watch because last night was different. Now it's time to just really focus in on uh, what the goal is, and that's to be in that winter circle um, in the next two months or so and keep playing until June. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel, Lady Nick Friedel, giving the straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. I call him Tony Bennett because he's got the best pipes in the business. Listen, uh, this guy. What's going on, Nick? Guys, it's good to be back. See what I mean? There right. it is. So, guys, it's good to be back. <laughs> it's good Luke, to be back. I am your father. The mellifluous sounds of... <laughs> Nick Sounds Friedel. like that was a late game last night, too. Oh, you, you walked in there, the hair is all 
all messed up. What's going on? That was, <laughs> that was a hell of a day yesterday. It started off very sad because of the, the yeah. shooting that was right there, but then we were out there all day, and that game just kept going a little bit, and then Bruce Brown started talking afterwards, guys, and then KD started talking, and what had been a long day became a little bit longer after that. Let's listen to what Bruce Brown, Nets guard Bruce Brown, had 19 points last night, had to say about the Nets matchup upcoming with the Celtics, who do not have Time Lord Robert Williams available to them. Now they don't have Robert Williams, so um, they have less of a presence in the paint. Uh, and, we, and we could attack Al Horford and, and Tice. Uh, so them not having Robert, Robert Williams is huge. KD, what do you think about what Bruce Brown said? What did he say? All right, man. <laughs> That's caffeine probably talking. You take some before the game. That bothers you why, that comment? I mean, we respect our opponents. It's like, we don't need to talk about, you know, what we're going to do to them. Like, I just don't like that, you know. We don't need to say like that. Let's just go out there and hoop. Nick Friedel, your reaction? Kevin knew exactly what had been said. Instantly, because he's he's hearing what's going on, and he's he's on the phone, and and those tweets started getting rolled through real fast. And as soon as he sat down, that was the first thing he said. There were no questions before Kevin even took a question. He's going, "What did Bruce Brown say?" And you're thinking, "Oh boy!" But he he just didn't want to put any gas on the fire. He knows how good the Celtics can be. He was trying to walk back. Bruce Brown's 25 years old. He was. He's pumped up after the game, but he was trying to walk it back, not give him any bulletin board material. He's been in the game a long time. He knows that that stuff can take on a life of its own, and I think he was just trying to, to stomp it out early. But it wasn't that serious, though, Nick. I mean, it's, like, it's not like Jason Tatum's waking up to like, look what they said about Robert Williams being out, and they can attack our guy. It's not – I mean, I just feel like Bruce was trying to be somewhat analytical about that is a vulnerability for the Celtics. I, I don't – I get it. Because I've been in basketball for a while. You don't want to give ammunition. But in reality, it's not a big thing. It, Jay, Bruce is right. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they aren't the same without Robert Williams. But as soon as Kevin heard that, it was like it was like the older brother was like, what are you doing? So we'll see if, if it has any impact at all. But uh, I would still bet that Kyrie is going to get booed a hell of a lot more. Yeah, Boston. like if Kyrie said exactly. it, that's one thing. But exactly. Bruce Brown, I got to worry about what you're saying now. Just calm down. And Bruce is from Boston, so he yeah. is ecstatic to get back there and play in front of his friends and family. But, yeah, if Kyrie said it, totally different deal. Um, so, according to Kevin Arnovitz, there was discontent. That's a quote between Kevin Durant and James Harden, which started when Harden showed up to training camp out of shape. Now, KD apparently was astonished, is the word that was used, by his, quote, lack of explosiveness and sluggish play. These quotes from Kevin Arnovitz. What was their relationship like in your experience, Nick? I think it had started to deteriorate through the year, Max. And anybody who's watched James Harden this year at points last year, you can see he's not the same player he used to be. That explosion isn't the same. And I wasn't around them day to day at the beginning of the year in training camp, but you talk to any of those Nets staffers that were, and they'll tell you he just didn't look like the same player. So you can understand where Kevin's coming from. But, Max, the, the key to me is 
the thing that really bothered James Harden the most from January on was the in-and-out nature of Kyrie in the lineup. So while I don't think Harden and Durant's relationship was the same and that bond and that friendship that had been built through the years had started to deteriorate, I think the thing that really pushed everything over the top was Kevin got hurt, Harden got out there on some nights, especially at Barclays, with no Kyrie, and was like, what am I doing out here by myself with a team that is not good enough around me? So there were a lot of factors, and certainly the, the Kevin relationship was a big part of it. But in the end, what pushed it over was that Kyrie wasn't there all the time, and Harden just didn't want to be there by himself on a team that he knew with just him in this stage of his career isn't good enough. Do you think quickly, Nick, that Harden can get back to where he was, or has that ship sailed? I think it's gone. I think he is what he is now, and he's not the same player close to it, frankly, that he used to be. And what's sad about that? How'd that happen? Last year he was great. I know, but what's sad about that is, Max, everybody everybody kept saying, ah, he's not getting to the line the same way. You look at his numbers, he's going to the line once more a game than he was a season ago. He's just not getting the whistles where he's running the basket and just kind of flailing, and he's not going uh, to the free throw line the same way. So when you watch Harden, I see a player that at this stage of his career and the fact that he hasn't kept up physically the way a lot of his contemporaries have that isn't going to get the magic back that we were used to seeing in Houston. Well, then, Nick, that mm. leads to the $270 million oh. question over five oh. years. If they happen to not get to the Eastern Conference Finals, if you're Daryl Morey and you're giving up so much to get him, you don't know how long Joel Embiid's going to continue to stay healthy considering what his career has been like. Do you give him the bag? Hell no. <laughs> Jay, what do you, you do? You, 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 if you're Daryl Morey and you're all, all the way in – I don't see how you have a different alternative because the league has now seen what James Harden is now, not what he used to be, what he is in the present. But when that deal went down, as frustrated as the Nets were, and it might have cost them their chance of winning a title this season because for all of Harden's flaws, if you put him on a team that has Kyrie and KD healthy, I still think they roll. The problem with Harden is – that old self that we're seeing isn't coming back. And if you're Maury and you've seen what you've seen now in the last month and a half or two in Philly, I don't know what the alternative is, but I know that if you're signing him to that deal, at the end of that deal, it's going to look a lot like Russell Westbrook has in L.A. over the last year, which, as we know, just didn't work. Thank hey, you, hey, hey, hey. Keep L.A. out of your mouth. <laughs> Key, I told you that team Key finally was chimes in to keep LA out of your mouth. <laughs> James Harden will be 38 when that deal is done. Oh, 37, 38. Oh, He's if, only 32 yeah. right now. That's the crazy part, uh, right? Yeah. It yeah. looks like his body is that of a 40 year old. And, and man, I saw you, him ball out of control last year, though. Why can't he get that back? Come because on, when James. you when you are not keeping up the way you have to in the game now physically, and that's a 12 month out of the year job, not just when you show up to training camp and work your way back into shape. This is what happens. And, and, guys, I'd add this real quickly. Anybody within that Nets organization who has seen Harden now in Philly is kind of going, yep, this is what we saw at times over the last year and a half. Nick Friedel, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Nick. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Key? Yo! So, um, you got something to read over there, huh? I don't have anything to read. What do I have to read? All right. Jay had it. I'll be Jay had this. Jay had something to read, but I don't know where Jay went. I literally have no idea where my talent is. If anybody and, and you knows literally where Jay said, is, if you see him walking around Seaport, eight 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 say ESPN. We have no idea where Jay is. I have an idea. If and you I, just I, said I to him, him, did he like, leave his phone? Max? He's the Can type of dude. He can't walk and chew gum at the same time because you literally just said to him, "Hey Jay, we want you in additional content to read the text." And he like left. Yeah, like I'm. I have like, an idea where doing? to find him, but I, by the time I get there, this little additional content will be over. There he is. Hopefully, he, he washed his damn hands. I don't know if he did. He was still buttoning up uh, when he came in. I don't know if the hands were washed <laughs> or not. Come here, come here. So, hands what are you washed. doing, you gotta, Jason? You gotta, you went to the bathroom. You got to read. You have a tweet to, or a text a t- to read. Yes, I have a text to read. Who is from it from? Scott, what is it about? From Bart Scott. Let me read you verbatim what he said to you, Key. <laughs> Key, I will whoop that ass. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm from Detroit, 41-inch vertical. You know it. Damn straight I can dribble. On God, the Eastern Bunny. Or Santa Claus, please. Stiff neck, hell no. You can't keep up with me. I'm a college safety key. Let's put it up. Verbatim, that's what he says. A lot of text messages. Did he write the Eastern Bunny or did you just say the Eastern Bunny? No, he said on God. Eastern Eastern Bunny or Easter Bunny? Easter Bunny. Easter Bunny, not Eastern. On God. Come on now, Jay. Easter Bunny or Santa Claus. All the holy Please. Exclamation point. Well, first of all, he walks like a duck, okay? So that in itself is bad. And he played linebacker. That's even worse. I'm an ex-safety. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I'm a college safety. Safeties safeties can't cover. That means that they have stiff stiff hips and can't move. Stiff hips? Stiff. Stiff. Yes, got it. I know you ain't talking. Awkward. Easter. This is all. Yeah, E-S, Easter. This is all an issue. Because of what Bart and Han, ESPN Radio, Noon Eastern, what what Bart Scott and Alan Han were saying about an ESPN potential hoops tournament. Max, can you pick up your energy a little bit? I need a little bit more uh, gravitas. Jay, you weren't even here at the beginning of the segment. I had to expend so much energy covering for you <laughs> that I'm out now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we listen. Now we're out of time, and we can't play you that uh, that sound from Barton. Huh? But it went seconds. something like this: Key and Jay are bad at basketball. We would beat them. Something yeah, like right. That. Lies, 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 lies. And I did wash my hands. My money's on my guys, man. I got a buck easy. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, Bart Scott, and Alan Hahn 
had the following to say about an ESPN, a potential ESPN basketball tournament. Jay Will and Keyshawn, you know, you know, we sweep the leg, but you know, you know, sweep the leg on Jay Weezy. You know, Keyshawn easy, gonna run out of breath. I like Han. Han is cool. That's John Concat. Allen's a dude that when he gets off the team bus, you be like, damn, he big. He look like he can play. Yeah, he, he And then cool. you see him he, in warm up line, he's he cool. like, oh, this ain't yeah, it. Yeah, number forty. He number forty five. He cool. He faked us out. What should we talk about? Nine forty five segment. Well, it's nine forty eight. What should we talk about? The last segment of the show, it's Choose Your Own Adventure. You get to produce the show, so you vote on it, at Key, J and Max, okay? So 17% want us to talk about is Alan Hahn, John uh, Konchak, right? Konchak. Konchak, whatever his name was. <laughs> whatever I don't, I don't remember. Is, right? uh, 21% <laughs> and change, Bart can't wait to lose. 30% Bart and Hahn versus... KJM, 31.2% ESPN two-on-two hoops. That's what we're talking about, ESPN two-on-two hoops. That's the whole company-wide situation. I I don't think you can include strictly NBA shows with former players, No, every show. All right. We're not going to beat Jefferson. We can't do that. Bart Scott is on with us right now, Key and Jay. What's going on, Bart? What's up, fellas? Keep my partner's name out your mouth. Why are you trying to sweep the leg, boy, though, man? My boy, Concat. Why are you trying to sweep my I leg, know, though, Bart? No, no, no. See, listen. You understand I'm a movie buff. It has nothing oh, oh, to I got, do I got with the reference. Leg. Put him in a body bag, Johnny. I got it. It has to do with being tap-tap. Everybody knows I'm from Detroit. Tap-tap bad boys. It's talking about physicality, not sweeping the actual leg. Hey, I can't believe Keyshawn's going to call my. What do you call him? Contact? Then that means you're Kevin Duckworth, then, uh, Keyshawn. Oh, he's not talking to you. I think Keyshawn's talking to him. No, I'm not tapped out. I'm just listening to him go ahead and rant. You know, Bart, he just get to talking. That's why he got in this mess in the first place, running his damn mouth and not thinking. Mm-mm. Like Key. Like Key. Like, you're saying I'm, a, I'm, I'm not an athlete because I'm a linebacker? That is disrespectful. We got families too, man. We athletes. You know, but, but be, on, be, be honest, though, Bart, in all honesty, because we're going to do this. We really are going to do this. You really honestly think that you and Han, Alan Han, your co-host, mm-hmm. can beat me and Jay Will in a game of hoops? Absolutely. But let's not just stop there. What I was suggesting was that we had we bring back the old school ESPN worldwide of sports and we go through five events and go through like where you have people cross – uh, compete against each other, but I absolutely keep like stop. Joe Frazier almost drowned. Like, yeah, I, in that did, one. Yeah. I, I I did that already, and I didn't do well, so I don't want to do that again. Because they added swimming, they added they added some swimming and cycling and all. Bart, that wasn't what gonna work. makes you forget we'll get, about? We'll, don't we'll, don't we'll expand get, we'll this. Let's keep this board. to basketball. Keep, Hold keep, on, we'll get to a paddleboard. We'll keep it. We'll get to a paddleboard. Bart, that, let's course, keep this. Absolutely. Bart Scott, absolutely. Bart Scott, let's not let this get off the rails. Let's keep it to basketball. The issue, the challenge okay. was in basketball. What makes you so sure? What makes you confident that you can beat a two-time player of the year in Jay Will National Champion, second overall pick in the draft, yes. and Key, yes. who has balled on the regular with NBA players, giving them run and, and fits in? What makes you think that you two guys – can beat them in hoops. But this is what you're assuming. You're assuming that I haven't played against NBA basketball guys. You assume because you see the thick neck 
that I've always been as well. I when I got in the league, I was only two hundred and twenty pounds, bro. I play basketball now? as well. Like I'm a five sport athlete as well. So like if you talk about the smoking, can I dribble? I absolutely can dribble. You know what I'm saying? I I'll go ahead and pat Keyshawn on the ass on the way to the hoop. Which way he wanted, left hand or right hand? And the forty inch vertical suggests that I got air I can get airborne easy. So don't let the puffy chest you just and the look like a, fool you. You you, you look don't like let a it, I'm, listen, I'm, listen, I'm only 236 pounds. Where that became overweight, I have no idea. Like I said, I have no problem going shirts and skin so everybody can see that wonderful four-pack that I still walk around with. I'm still in shape, baby. I'm still hot. So like if a you and Key, more or less, whoever thinks they're better, if you cancel out, then what, what makes you think Alan Hahn, because he's 6'6", can stay with Jay Will, two-time player of the year? I I guess because Jay played in the NBA, but I ain't gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna let you just I'm gonna let you no, feel you the said, pain. You man. said a lot. You said a lot. You went all the I'm gonna let you tears. feel the pain. Nobody says nothing about your stretch pants walking around in the hallways of ESPN radio with the moose knuckle. Nobody <laughs> look, says look, nothing. Look, look, duck feet. Okay. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> is going to Look, I, I, I understand that you 230 pounds and you got a washboard for a stomach and all. I get all that. And you got a thick neck and you play oh. linebacker. You don't play sports anymore. So stop tra- I trying to talk tough. First of all, stop first of all, trying I'm in, to I'm talk in, tough. I'm in bar class. I'm in bar class. I'm at rumble boxing. And, Keith, it is, it is direct film. If we go back to the film, we have film of me checking you in football too, Keith. I don't know if you realize that. But I also played squad corner. I checked Chad Johnson at the oh, squad corner. Oh, God. What did they do? Walk you out? What did Rex do? Walk you out? What did he do? Walk you out on me? I sliced that seven rock me and I was right there at the chest. I, can I feel to this bad for the day. basketball yeah, when like, you dribbling yeah, and it looks it. like it's going to hurt. Pay-per-view fight. It's a pay-per-view fight right now. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.